It's a sweet presence here this morning. Amen. I just love the presence of the Lord. You know, at the beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to us, Hineni, here am I. We're available to you, Lord. And I really believe that the Lord is, is beginning to show us what this next year is going to be. We're available. Now just pour out your glory on us, Lord God. Just pour out your, your presence on us in a fresh, fresh way. Now that we're sent and we continue to say, Hineni, Lord, continue to pour out your glory on us. Amen. Wow, it's been a while since I've been up here preaching. Maybe I forgot how to preach. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I want to continue on this series that we embarked on um, a while back on the glory. What is the glory? And how do we live in the glory? And what is the glory? And, and I want to talk about the very presence of El Elyon. The very presence of God Most High. You know, when we founded Or Chaim, Lord, well, actually, even before we founded Or Chaim, before we even moved to, to the Denver area from Israel, God said, your job description. How many of you have ever received a job description from the Lord? You've received job descriptions from your job, right? And every once in a while you go back and you review that and make sure that you're in alignment with that job description. Well, the Lord gave Millie and I a job description. He says, create a place for my presence. Create a place for my presence. And that's, that's our heart's desire. It's just to create a place for his presence. We've been talking about the glory in just a little bit of review First of all, we talked about the realms of faith. And the realms of faith, there's little faith, great faith, and perfect faith. And when we talk about perfect faith, we talk about just Yeshua. Perfect faith. In just this perfect relationship with his Abba, with his Father. Faith is, is, is whether we have little faith or perfect faith, it's knowing that God is present. It's knowing that he's real. And we all have faith in something. We all have faith in something. Even an atheist has faith in something. But if we profess faith, a trust, an allegiance in Yeshua, in the works of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then we know that he's real. We know that he's real. And we can trust his word. So there's levels of faith. And then we talked about the anointing. And the anointing is that, is that comes upon us. God uses us when we're submitted to him in his Ruach HaKodesh. God rewards. He comes upon us. He uses us. And we've been talking over the weeks about his glory. His glory is when we recognize the I am of God. God is I am. He was and is and is to come. The I am, when you think about God as I am, he's the answer to every question you have. God says, I am. Whatever it may be, whatever healing you may need, God says, I am. And when we grasp a hold of that truth, 
we begin to understand the glory. The glory of God is not limited by my finite mind, my finite thinking. I mean, none of us knows everything. I might think I know everything. And then I've realized the older I get, the less I know about anything. So his glory is not limited by my finite mind or my own abilities, my own gifts, my own talents, my own skills. The glory goes so far beyond any of that. Are those things important? Yes, they're important. But the glory, and this is what I want to be talking about over these next weeks, is the glory flows into us, our body, into our souls, into our spirits. There's no limit to his glory. And yet we talk about the glory, his kavod, and yet many of us don't even understand what the glory is. And that's what I want to talk about today. What is his glory? His manifest presence. When I say, to cre- you know, God told me to create a place for his presence. I don't even know what that meant. But I'm beginning to understand. I want his manifest presence more than anything else. It's his character. The manifest presence is his character. What is his character? Who God is that we are to become. God's character is who he is that we are to become. Faithful, loving, righteous. It's his nature. His manifest presence is his nature. Now, his nature, God's nature is, is, is something that we're not. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. You're not. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. We're not. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. We're not. Hallelujah. But that's his nature. And also, God, his manifest presence is his abilities, you know, I think about God's abilities. What is this? Think about it. Yeshua was able to walk on the water. Philip was transported in the spirit. He was here, and then all of a sudden he's there. See, that's the ability of God. That's his glory manifest. His manifest presence includes his provision. Yeshua was able to <clears throat> feed the multitudes with a few fish and a few loaves. That's his provision. See, we look at our lack, and we make decisions based on our lack. And yet God says, there is no lack in me. There is no lack in my glory. To show you how lack, you know, I'm going to take a lozenge right now because I need something. (laughs) I need his presence, but there's the weight of his splendor. You know, the weight of his splendor, that's, that's his manifest presence, his glory. And I was, as I was meditating on this, I was thinking of Paul and Silas in prison. I think they were in Philippi, in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I didn't spend a whole lot of time in prison. I've been in, well, I won't go there. But, you know, I, I've, I've spent a night in jail. Actually, I spent two nights in jail. But that was way back. That was the old stew. And that was not a good place. I didn't feel like we're, I wasn't even a believer then. But Paul and Silas chose. They made a decision to worship. 
in the midst. When you're in a jail in Roman in a Roman city back in in those days, I mean, it was not a comfortable place. And they made a decision to worship. And as they worshipped, man, the chains fell off them. There was an earthquake, and everybody was set free. The 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 this jailer and his family through that whole thing were saved. See, that's the glory of God. They chose to worship Him in their weakness and in their in their in their destitute place. And God showed up in a powerful way. That's what I mean. His manifest presence, His glory. When His glory shows up, everything not glorious must go. Where's Lynn? Is she here? Okay, this, you know, when the technical things are not working, when the microphones and when everything is not working, and it's so frustrating, this is when we say, okay, God, you're in control of everything. You are in control of everything. And Lynn, how is our, the presence of the Lord was here this morning in a powerful way. And yet, if you had been here maybe earlier in the struggles that the worship team was having and trying to get things right, God is able, more than able, to push through. Isn't that right, Lynn? He is. Powerful. Powerful. So when his glory shows up, everything that is not glorious must go. Depression must flee in the presence of his glory. Addictions, sickness, Foul language, negativity, apathy, all of these things must go in the presence of the Lord. You know, when we talk about the glory, we, also, we often refer to scriptures that talk about the glory coming upon the temple, filling the temple. We're going to read a couple of those scriptures today. But the temple that God is interested in today is us. It's you, it's me. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you are God's temple and that the Ruach Elohim dwells in you? You're the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh. So we're going to look at the glory and the realms of glory today, just kind of give an overview. In Isaiah chapter 60, starting in verse 1, arise and shine. For your light has come. The glory of Adonai has risen on you. For behold, darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But Adonai will rise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light. Kings to the brilliance of your rising. Yes, that is a prophetic picture of the messianic age. But it's also what happens when the glory comes upon us today. I believe that when the glory comes upon us, that even though darkness may cover the world, cover the earth, deep darkness, Adonai will rise upon you and you will be his light and his glory in a dark, dark place. It's so, I mean, we went away on a, on a trip. We were on a ship and we were away from news. Hallelujah. All the news that they had was all like BBC and Sky News and you know, things that I'm not really wasn't all that interested in. So we didn't watch any news. And it's funny, two weeks ago when we left this country, they were talking about this impeachment stuff and all this stuff. I come back and they're talking about the same stuff. I'm amazed nothing's changed. 
You know, and it's just like, what in the world is going on? But you know what? The kingdom is here now. It's not here in its fullness. We know that. But we are his vessels of glory to bring light, to bring his glory into a dark, dark world. Let me just give you an example of something that happened. Just last, just a few days ago, we were having dinner on the ship, and we were sitting with this couple at this Japanese restaurant. And, you know, have you ever been to, like, Benihana, where they chop up the food and they do all this singing and dancing and stuff? And, you know, it's kind of a fun thing. But we were talking with this couple, and it inevitably comes to, so what do you do? <laughs> what is What do you do? <laughs> And, um, you know, I, you know, I told them what I do and they were Christians and they said, wow, you're Jewish and you believe in Jesus. They were amazed. And as we're talking to them, they said, wow, this encourages us because if you're a Jew and you believe in Jesus, he's coming really, really soon. I said, yeah. See, that's what I mean, the glory. We bring the, the glory and the light. And to Egyptian believers, too. You know, when they come to know. It, it's just when Muslims come out of that and into a relationship with Yeshua, man, it's like life from the dead, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. So we're all called to be the carriers of his glory wherever we're at. You may think you're in a job that, hey, nobody cares, nobody is interested in anything, but you, when, when the love of Yeshua is living through you, they're going to see that, and they're going to want that, what you have. As the world grows darker and darker and more wicked, his glory will be released on us in an even more powerful, powerful way. And I believe that we're entering into a season, and we've talked about this, you hear about this, persecution is going to be coming. It's not here right now in the States. We go to other, well, in some places it is, but for the most part, we don't really understand persecution. Other countries and other believe, and Christians in other nations, believers in other nations, even the, the Messianic Jewish believers in Israel, they understand what persecution is, is all about. Persecution has a way of refining us. Persecution has a way of refining us. You think about Steve, Stephen in the book of Acts. You think about all of the things that Shaul had to go through. It was a refining process. There's a blessing that comes in the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't mean it's always going to be wonderful and, and everybody's going to be happy and everything good is going to happen to you. As a matter of fact, it might come in the midst of persecution. You see, when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, when we're walking in transparency and we're letting Yeshua live his life through us, all will see Yeshua in us. Galatians 5.22, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I tell you what, I struggle with all of these at times. How many, you know, we struggle in walking in these. But this is our heart's desire, is to be transformed into the image of Yeshua. This is who he was. This is who he is. And this is who we are wanting to, to resemble and to look like and to imitate. 
you know, I was thinking about relationships and, you know, we're all in relationships and, and every relationship has four elements, four elements. I'm not going to get into a whole teaching on this, but four elements of every relationship. Knowledge, you get to know somebody. Knowledge, you know something about somebody. You know a little bit about their background. You know how old they are. You know a little bit of their family situation. You know this. And, but then after knowledge comes understanding. Understanding is a little bit deeper. You understand because of where they're coming from. You understand who they are. And then there's, you grow in that relationship and trust comes. Trust is, is, a, is an element of a relationship. And it's, it's like, you know, ultimate trust is, of course, in Yeshua. We're not to trust absolutely us because we're not that trustworthy. But we do, we, we, we extend trust to people. We, we allow them entry into our lives. But trust, when it's broken, it's, trust is very fragile. When it's broken, it's hard to rebuild. God can rebuild it, but it's also very fragile. It's the hardest to rebuild. The other and the last element of relationship is love. Love covers a multitude of sins. And God wants us, and, and you know what? He's given us the instructions on how to live that life in here. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's very simple. It's, the instructions are here. The word speaks, when we're talking about the glory, the word speaks of a shining that comes in his presence. An actual shining that comes in his presence. In Exodus chapter 34 Verse 29 says, now it happened when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. When he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face was radiant because God had spoken with him. When Aaron and all B'nai Yisrael saw Moses, the skin of his face shone in rays, so they were afraid to come near him. See, there was a shining. Moses was in the presence of God. In that presence of God, there was a shining. Others saw that, and they didn't understand it. They were afraid. But there's something that comes upon us when we're in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There's something about his word when we ingest his word. I haven't heard the message, but I heard that Aaron, when he shared about memorizing the word, that the word would become part of us. It is so important in these days. I've, in, I've invited Aaron to, to share a three-month class on how to memorize the word. No. <laughs> We're in t- <laughs> but it's so important to take the word in. You know, so many of us are ignorant when it comes to the word of God. And he wants us to meditate, to, to memorize. And you know what? I've, got, I've, I've grown lazy in memorizing the word. I used to be able to memorize the word. And I've grown lazy over there. But God has challenged me to start memorizing. When I heard, when, when Aaron memorized Jonah, not just a couple of verses, but the book of Jonah, and David memorizing Esther? No, Ruth. Ruth. And I'm like, whoa, this is so important. It's to take the word in, but also to meditate on that word as we're 
putting it into our soul, into our spirit. Because, you know, the days that we're, that we're in, we're going to need that word. We're going to need to recall the word. We're going to need to recall the word. And, and it will lighten our path. It will bring light to our path. Revelation chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. First of all, the Apostle John is, is on the island of Patmos, and he's having this revelation from, of Yeshua. He sees his hair, his hair was white like wool, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. In verse 15 it says, His feet like polished bronze, refined in a furnace. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came forth a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining at full strength. He saw Yeshua. His face was like the sun. Now he knew Yeshua in the flesh. And now he's just, and it, and it says that he fell down at his feet like a dead man. Because of the shining, because of the, the incredible glory that he was witnessing. Now where was John when this vision took place? Where was he? Where? He was, he was on an island of called Patnos. And was he just on vacation? He was exiled. And what is this place like? He's in this cave. And there's nobody. I mean, it's just like, the, you know, he's there to die. Yeah, Jason. Mm-hmm. All right. Not a nice place to be. You went there? Cave? Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. So he's there basically in prison, basically. And yet he has this vision of Yeshua. See, he wants to fill us. And when he fills us with his glory, with his presence, this is increases. It increases our witness and our influence to a point where no one can deny the power of God. No one will be able to deny the power of God. What will that require for us to be an overcomer, trusting in the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, not loving our lives so much that we, when faced with death, that we will not give in. So I just real briefly want to go over the dimensions of glory. And it's not like this level going to this level, this level. Dimensions is a, um, it's manifestations of his glory and, and their, their um, perspective specific scriptures that, that use these, these, these words. And the first dimension is the doxa. Doxa, D-O-X-A, doxa. And we see this in Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man comes in his doxa, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. This is an exalted state of being, a perfect state of blessing promised to believers. It connects us with kingly majesty, the kingly majesty of Yeshua, this doxa. It connects us with his kingly majesty. It's the same word used in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, 
with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, the doxa of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In this place, we're suddenly aware of Yeshua's kingly position. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of the Goyim, the Gentiles. There's no other authority that can compare with him. It's a place where we surrender to his rightful authority to rule over all. This is an example that we see today. Yeshua revealing himself to those who have never heard. I was talking about Muslims who have a revelation, have a dream, have a vision of Yeshua, the Son of God. And they're saved. And there might have been a Christian witness hundreds of years ago, sometimes even a thousand years ago in that place. And now all of a sudden they're having that revelation. And, and they're coming to know the Lord. You know where the greatest revival today is happening? Iran, of all places. The greatest revival is happening in Iran. And the second greatest revival, it was China. It's been overtaken by Iran. Hello? Wow. When the doxa comes, our posture and our attitude is the fear of the Lord. Not a fear of, ooh, get away from me. But a fear of reverence and awe of who he is. An intense reverence and honor. The second level or the second manifestation is the Shekinah. The Shekinah. We see this in Psalm 21, verses 1 through 4. Adonai, the king, rejoices in your strength. How great he delights in your salvation. You granted him his heart's desire, and you did not withhold the request of his lips. Selah. For you met him with the best blessings. You set on his head a crown of pure gold. It's the visible, visible glory of God. This the Shekinah is the visible glory of God, meaning his dwelling or his settling, the glory settling on a person or a thing. It's a visible change occurs in the atmosphere. We read this in, in Exodus chapter 40. Verse 34, when the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle, Moses was unable to enter into the tent of meeting because the cloud resided there and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle, the Shekinah. Now, whenever the cloud was taken up, the Shekinah from, from over the tabernacle, B'nai Yisrael went onward throughout all their journeys but if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not move out until the day that it was. For the cloud of Adonai was on the tabernacle by day, and a fire was there by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Shekinah glory. When it was there, they stayed. They stayed in that place of his presence. That's what that means. You stay in that place of the presence. When it moves, you move. If it doesn't move, you stay right where it's at. Shekinah glory. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw, I saw Adonai sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
So Isaiah actually saw this vision. He saw the, the physical manifestation of the presence of the Lord. Leviticus 9.23 says, Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. And when they came back out and blessed the people, the glory of Adonai appeared to all the people. We should always expect, and this blew me away, when I was studying this and reading this, and, and the, the author of the, the book that I was reading said, we should always expect in our corporate gatherings his, his presence, his glory. How many of you have an expectation of his glory every time we get together? Be honest now. Okay. I want us to have that expectation, whether there's two of us or 40 of us or 100 of us or 1,000 of us, when we get together in his presence, that his glory would just be manifested in such a powerful, powerful way. That when we go off this mountain, people will see that glory. Wow, they just came from that mountain up there. People on I-70 will be going, whoa, what's that glow? What's that glow? What's that glow coming down the mountain? <laughs> it's a glory of, of God, not of man. God desires to release his glory upon all the nations. I won't read for for sake of time now. Psalm 96 talking about God desiring to release his glory to all the nations, not just to Israel, but to all the nations. And that's what's happening right now. His glory is being released to all tongues and to every place, every nation in the world, every people group. His glory is being released. Who is called to release the glory to the nations? Who is it that's being called to release the glory to the nations? We are. We are. He's filled us up. And he says, go. Proclaim. Preach. Share the kingdom wherever you go, whether it's to your neighbor or to another city or to another nation. And this is part of our calling as a congregation here. Is to the nations. Yes, we're called to Israel. We're called to make a difference here in Denver, but we're, and we're also called to Israel, but we're also called to reach the nations. All of us are, and we all have the ability to do that. So in the last manifestation I want to talk about today, and I'll do this fairly quickly, is the kavod. We talk about the kavod or the glory, and, and this literally means heaviness. A weight, heaviness or weight. And we see this term kavod being used in Second Chronicles 7, verse 1. Lynn, why don't you come on up, Lynn and Michelle, for the worship. For Second Chronicles 7, 1. Now when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And the glory of Adonai, the kavod of Adonai filled the house. The Kohanim could not even enter into the house of Adonai because the kavod of Adonai filled the house of Adonai. When all B'nai Yisrael saw the fire come down and the kavod of Adonai above the house, they bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground, prostrating themselves, prostrating themselves and praising Adonai. For he is good and his mercies endure forever. That kavod is, is that place where we just, we just bow down and we just say, oh, man, you are so good, God. Your mercies endure forever. Those incredible times when, those, when that happens. 
That's when we encounter the manifestation of his greatness, his superiority. We cannot even stand in his presence. The ministers were not even able to preach. And when a, when a preacher can't preach, that is the glory. That is a miraculous glory of God. It often presents itself, and in, in the glory presents itself, as I mentioned earlier, in the midst of trials. Ha ha, hello. Trials and afflictions. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. There's other scriptures, but I, don't, I just, for sake of time. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Loved ones, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Instead, rejoice insofar as you share in the sufferings of Messiah, so that at the revelation of his glory, kavod, you also may be rejoice, be rejoice and be glad. If you are insulted for the name of Messiah, you are fortunate for the spirit of kavod, glory, and of God rests on you. What are the believers going through that Peter is encouraging them? Do you know what's going on in First Peter chapter 4? Anybody have any idea? Persecution where? Rome. Who's the, who's the emperor at the time? Nero, he has a special joy out of lighting believers on fire and seeing them burn and using them as torches to light the city. That's what they were going through. And Paul is encouraging them. The revelation of his glory, you also may re- rejoice and be glad. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. And be less, blessed are those who've been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The Beatitudes. It's feeling, instead of feeling the weight of the world, how many of us have felt the weight of the world a lot lately? We feel the weight of his glory in the midst of whatever's going around us in the world. When this cloud comes down, we hear the voice of God speak with clarity. Exodus 19, verse 9 says, Adonai said to Moses, I'm about to come to you in a thick cloud, his glory, so that the people hear when I speak to you and believe you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to Adonai. When that glory comes, whatever, maybe it's in a time of persecution, a time of great refining, a time of great trial, and you sense his glory, his cloud comes, he, listen to what he's going to say, because he's going to be speaking to us out of that cloud. He may give us names of people to pray for, or healing actions to take, or a song to sing, or a direction. How many of us have received direction in times of trial? When you've been struggling, and then you get that, that, that direction you need for, in that hardest place. Listen to that voice of God in that place of trial. I just want to finish with Psalm 91. This is one of my life verses, life chapters. Psalm 91. pray this, continue to pray this over Chaim. It's such a powerful chapter. In 1990, I was, I was getting ready for a surgery 
and this was a life or death surgery. They're getting ready to open me up and to remove some um, lymph nodes and to see if the cancer was still there or not. And um, I had no guarantees of anything. And I remember the day before coming to a point where I said, God, and I was only 35 years old. God, if you want to take me, I'm ready. I wasn't ready before that. But I remember coming to that point and actually writing out if I was to die the next day. Writing out. We still have a copy of that letter. Millie has it. And um, went into the hospital. And I'll never forget this. As I'm being wheeled into the surgery before they, you know, give you the anesthetics and stuff. This guy, this nurse never met him before he starts speaking Psalm 91 over me and I'm like okay I'm listening he who dwells in the shelter of Elyon will abide in the shadow of Shaddai I will say of Adonai he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust for he will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He's our refuge. He is our deliverer in times of trouble. Those words came alive as I'm being wheeled down the hallway into this operating room. The presence of the Lord was there. I had no certainty of tomorrow, let alone the end of that day. I remember even saying as I was being wheeled in and I was just talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, if I wake up and I see Millie's face, I'll know it's okay. However many hours it was, I woke up and there was Millie and she's over telling me all that the surgery went, and I'm still in this kind of this anesthetic she's telling me everything that took place just like Millie would and and it was so powerful because I also had an assurance that you know what it's going to be okay he's my deliverer he's my refuge he's my refuge but it's not it doesn't end there the scriptures go on verse 4 says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge his faithfulness is body and armor and shield you will not fear the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the plague that stalks in darkness nor the scourge that lays waste at noon a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you for you you will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked pay back for you have made Elyon your dwelling, even Adonai, who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. There's refuge, there's deliverance, there's protection, there's healing in that place of his presence, that place of his glory. Verse 11 and 12 says, For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. There's angelic intervention in his presence. You know, the scriptures talk about Yeshua returning in his glory, in his kavod, in his Shekinah. 
in a great cloud of glory in Luke 21, 25. And we're going to end with this. Would you stand with me? Stand with me. Luke 21, verse 25 says, There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth nations will be confused by the roaring of the sea and its waves. People will lose heart from fear and anticipation of what is overtaking the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Great He's coming soon. Everything is being shaken. We know that. But every day, make him your priority. Make him your refuge. Fear not the circumstances that are going on around you, the happenings that are going on around us, because it's a matter of worship. Are we putting our focus on the things that are going on around us? Then you're worshiping those things. And I can tell you what the end result of that is. Despair, discouragement, depression, all of those things. But if we put our hope in the one who is able, the one who is worthy, we worship him. No matter what we're going through, he will bring us through. He will bring us through. Again, I want to just encourage us in these days ahead, be in the word. Not just in the word, reading a a verse a day or a chapter a day really begin to memorize and to meditate on his word and speak his word speak his word often speak it out loud speak it to other people see the needs around us and bless others pray for them encourage others because you know what the glory is in you and we're called to be carriers of that glory to pass it on, to give to others to encourage them you don't know, you do not know that the words that you have to share with somebody just may be what they need to hear for that day and you may never know that until we're in glory the days that we're in are are days of, of trial and affliction but you know what, God is faithful to us. He will never leave us, never abandon, never forget us. Amen. So I just want to also say, let's memorize the word. And we heard Aaron's message. And I started to memorize Song of Songs. Let him smother me with kisses from his mouth. For his love is better than wine. His anointing oil has a wonderful fragrance. His name is like anointing oil poured out. And Sunday I was saying that, I was memorizing, I was walking throughout my house, and it just was so soaking into my heart. And then I opened up my phone, and there was a message. And I want to read it to you. It's short. I long to kiss my bride. So, and that was someone sent me an email. It was titled, I long to kiss my bride. And I'm convinced that's Yeshua's answer. 
He longs to kiss us. And when we are memorizing scripture and just holding it deep into our heart, he will answer us. He longs to kiss you. And his glory will manifest. His glory will manifest. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are, your character, your nature. Lord, I thank you that you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. I thank you that you've given us, each and every one of us, a purpose. Lord, that we would be sharers and givers of life to others because you've given us life. So, Father, I just pray blessing upon my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your word, Lord. Let your word come alive in our spirits and in our hearts. In Yeshua's name, amen, amen, amen.
everybody after the service we have an oneg downstairs and if you're a visitor we want to welcome you down there we have uh, a light lunch and, and uh, you're welcome it's time of fellowship just want to close the service with a blessing ironic blessing and you need to help me out on this you really do need to help me out on this today y'all do yeah face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his mercy, his grace, his presence, his presence, his presence, more of himself to you. Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Shavua Tov. Have a wonderful week. And remember to keep Chaim Erbach in your prayers. We'll let you know what's going on. Yeah.